This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, guys. DGS 404. Happy Monday to you. Going to be hot as hell this week. Uh, Dave said we'll get some relief for the weekend, so that's good. Uh, the Think Tank, we have our buddies Kurt Barr and Steve Butts here with us. Gentlemen, how are you? Good to see you both. Good to be here. Good How's Kevin Colleen? Uh, we're glad to have him. Yeah, I bet you are. <sighs> our loss, your gain. <laughs> um, okay, we really do try not to talk that much Donald Trump here on the show because it's just so polarizing and people come to us for fun. But what are you going to do? He's the most famous human in the history of the world. Um, and I'm curious what you guys think. <clears throat> I said this earlier, and a lot of this is palace intrigue, that Wednesday's the first debate on Fox and Donald Trump had been saying for a long time, why would I show up? Why would I let people who are, you know, I've got 49%, they've got 2%. Why would I even let them take a shot at me? That's really stupid. I get that logic. I also think, though, that Trump's people, not all of them, but a lot of them, uh, they want entertainment. They want him to be bombastic. The, the, the last thing he can afford to do is bore people. Uh, does he risk anything uh, practically or even figuratively by not being there on Wednesday? Kurt, start with you. Risk anything? No, I don't think so. I think the conventional wisdom of a front runner that far ahead has more to lose than to gain. Um, I do think, though, that he gives all his opposition, all his competitors, a chance to get their message out. And so it's possible that people are like, hey, you know what? This one other candidate, I didn't really know about him. Good I point. really like them. And so he could allow some of these people to start to rise up, or maybe instead of only having 2%, they get up to double digits. Who do you think's most likely? Obviously, it's a matter of taste, but who of the non Trump people do you think has the best chance of breaking out Wednesday? I wish I knew. I mean, I'd go to the tracks if I really had that insight. Um, you know, I you know early on, DeSantis was the name, but it seems like he's he's sputtering. And so, who's going to rise up? That is a great question. Um, probably Nikki Haley, but we'll see. I mean, it kind of depends on how well everybody does. Okay, Steve, same questions. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with I think uh, when Trump doesn't show up at the debate, I don't think anybody's going to tune in to the debate. I mean, because 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it, just going to be the way it is. I it probably helps the serious candidates. So I put Trump in the not serious candidate, although he clearly is the front runner. He doesn't need to be there. Um, my people to break through. I think Tim Scott and I'll go with Nikki Haley as well. I think they're the serious policy people that have a chance. They're a fresh young face. Um, so that's who I think would have a good night. And if Trump were on stage, no one would have a good night except Trump. What are the chances if he were on stage, he could be 
really wounded as opposed to someone gets a zinger off? Zero. Tell me why. I, there, there is nothing. I mean, we all. I, I think we all know this. There is nothing a man can say, do, or think that ever wounds him. I mean, I, I just it, it. The more outrageous it. Even if he's wrong, he'll flip it around that it was our fault that we heard it wrong or it was the moderator's fault or whatever. So that's why I just – we love to be entertained. He's a tremendous entertainer. Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy? I said to these guys – and this, is gonna, this will be a bit hyperbolic, but it's also not completely unfounded. That are the two people who are most likely to be president uh, in, in 2025 – um, one has a pretty decent chance of being in jail, and the other has a pretty decent chance of being dead. Like it's just the yeah. fact, which just is, a fact. Which is why I'm hopeful. I I I keep hoping this, saying this, and 80 percent of Americans feel that way. I mean, a huge swath. I I think when we get there, it's still a year away. I don't think either of them are going to be the candidate. Wow, I do not. Hmm. Tell me more. If uh, 75 or 80% of Americans don't want this rematch. Then why aren't they getting that now? Uh, the, maybe not even maybe so it's, it's too early, right? I mean, it's just too early. There's there's just voter fatigue. These The, the candidates are, are forming their teams, the ones that are serious candidates, right? And it's a long, long shot, what I just said. Uh, this is racetrack money, right? I'm, yeah. I'm going for the trifecta. So with hundred to one odds, I've never. I understand the basics of like the RNC and the DNC. You guys understand a lot more than I do, just being politicos. But educate me and my listeners about this. Like, what is the interplay in the relationship? Like, who is whose boss? Basically, is there a boss? I don't. <laughs> I, mean, I I don't think there is a boss, and you're given the RNC and the DNC more power than at one time they had. That ship sailed. And the person to put the last nails in the coffin was Donald Trump. So they're not as powerful as they used to be. No, oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because they were Still, the kingmakers. They were the kingmakers and certainly um, the fundraisers. And now with, uh, you know, social media, I'll just, I'll pick on uh, uh, who? Let's go with Lucas Kuntz, right? Running for Senate here in Missouri. Here's a guy that, you know, has just figured out a way to raise tremendous amounts of money for a Democrat because of his social media outreach. And and good candidates now can do that. I mean, that that alone is a game changer. I think it was raising money was the RNC and the DNC's job, and they still have plenty of money. But independents and independent-minded candidates can raise millions on the Internet. How about, so I we've all heard things like the big donors are pulling away from Trump, DeSantis, whoever. And it seems to me that in years prior, that would have been like 911. Like, oh my God, the big donors are pulling out. People don't seem to get quite as frightened these days. Am I just not talking to the right people who are frightened by it? I guess what I'm getting at is does the grassroots money so big now that the big giant donors have less of a role? Well, the grassroots money is huge. I mean, if you can channel millions of donors that you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 bucks, whatever. I mean, yeah, there's hundreds of millions. The other side is, I mean, just in the past, you know, five, 10 years, it's sort of like the uh, the rise of the billionaire candidate. Um, you know, I mean, people that can self-fund hundreds of millions. I mean, I yeah, the money side has changed. So billionaires running and then 
being able to just get many, 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 many more small donors yeah. quickly donating. Those are game changers. So let's talk locally. As you guys, anyone who listens to the show knows, my son works for Michael Kelly. So he's in this world now. And it feels like just from talking to him, you know, night having dinner and how was your day, that that's what's going on now locally is that you have people like, hey, Kevin Wheeler, this guy could really make it, you know, in the in the Missouri House. OK, let's have dinner with Kevin. Let's talk to him about that. What is that like? Like, is the, is this the time for that? And basically, I know every situation is different, but what is that recruitment like? Who's recruiting who, who basically? Let's say at the like the state house level, but first you just have people who are deciding to run. So you get districts where you know you've got one or two people like, hey, I'm going to run for office, and then generally the party is like, okay, well, you know, as long as they're not a, a horrible person, horrible candidate, they're like, okay, well, let obviously the organic person who's who's self identified as a candidate run. But then you'll look around and say, there's maybe you have a district where. There's no candidate who's stepped up to say, I want to run. So then you go through the recruitment process. You say, hey, you ran for this local government position. Maybe you lost, maybe you won. I think you'd be a good candidate for this. And so then the the party will suggest that a person will is a good spot to, to fit that seat. And then, you know, you have the issue of, you know, is that the party doing it? Is it like a donor class within the, the district doing that? So kind of like, you know, depends on. Depends on the district, depends on the area, like who's kind of supporting them, who's who's helping them. And and some people are like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to run. I just don't know how to raise money. And then they're like, hey, we can help you with that. And so they're they're all in. Um, you know, other times, you know, the party's like, oh, please don't run. Please don't run. We don't want you. You're just going to say something bad, do something bad. We, we're not really interested. And you just can't stop some people from running. So the party will will prefer to have somebody who's on their own initiative and with their own effort running. So they can focus on the seats that are either more competitive because it's more split district or they really have to recruit somebody who wouldn't otherwise run unless they're asked to mm. to run. Same from your side, Steve. Yeah, so I'm I'm involved with uh, recruiting Democrats to the House in particular. So we, we all have our organizations. Here I might say, as opposed to the DNC and the RNC, a state organization and certainly local committee organizations, St. Louis County, St. Louis City, uh, Boone County Democrats, et cetera, have a much bigger role to play. And the way we actively recruit, you know, anybody can run, right? But the way we actively recruit candidates, we look for, especially if you're a Democrat, we're in the, the minority, we hope to break the super minority. I mean, we're chipping away at this super majority in Jeff City. And the way we're doing it, it's no secret, and that is to, you know, highlight and uh, try to come up with a half a dozen Areas where we're, we would be competitive and then we find a strong candidate and try to recruit them. A lot of that's just word of mouth. People that have been involved on their school board or at the county commission or the uh, aldermanic type level, you know, make good candidates. People that have a solid reputation in their town, their, their part of the city, wherever. So yeah, I think what, what I'm most interested in is finding competent people who want to work hard and do good things for the state and their locality. Yeah. And there are those people. I, have a, I think I have a, a, an interesting question when we come back from the break. 421 DGS on Camel X. It is the Think Tank with uh, Kurt Barr and Steve Butts. Uh, do you have the guts to do the little thing you did on the sure. break? Uh, take it away. So I was just commenting at the break that last hour, you start the hour off talking about Taylor Swift and some of her fans who crashed a private wedding because they just want to get a glimpse of her. And then you transitioned to Donald Trump and talked about a large group of Republicans who 
you know, think that he's more reliable than religious figures. And so as I was looking at that, I'm like, I don't know, is there something in the human psyche, that same something, whether you're a Taylor Swift fan or a Donald Trump Trumper, that there's something that just says this person can do no wrong. This person is a Messiah-like figure. And is it the same thing or is it something very different? But it, I just thought that you're almost having the same conversation, just about two very different I think celebrities. You're pretty close. Yeah, it's, you know, I, it still is a phenomenon. I guess they'll write textbooks about it and articles for a long, long time to come. But even on that point, you know, they're the one group that is Donald Trump's biggest fan, it's evangelical Christians in America. And I'm always like, you know, of all the poster boys for what, you believe in, I'm like, you know, the everything he is, you're not. I just don't get it. Anybody could that one surprised be me too. Divorced Playboy guy three times. I'm like the millionaire, millionaire, the billionaire in the penthouse. I'm like, that is no Mother Teresa. Hmm. I was gonna ask you guys, I know that uh before this, this the time now. Uh, opposition research was a huge part of what, uh, you know, the Hancocks and the Kellys of the world do. And I'm running against Steve Butts. Let's find dirt on Steve. And did you know that he didn't pay his taxes this year? And did you know that this and this and this? After Marjorie Taylor Greene and all of these sort of, I'll say it, weirdos, um, does opposition research even matter anymore? Like, I'm not sure what you could say about someone where you'd be like, that's a deal breaker. Like, we have so many people in Congress right now who are living deal-breaker lives, and no one seems to care. Yeah, I mean, opposition research, I, I presume the people that sell that data, it's still important to them. And, you know, going negative, I, I don't like it. I don't think most people like it, but clearly it's still effective, Dave, right? I mean, you know, they wouldn't spend the money for negative commercials if it weren't effective. Part of that is, you know, we're all kind of in that quick info, 30 seconds, you know, if you can't say it in 15 or 30 seconds and get your message across, maybe the, our attention span isn't long enough, but, uh, no, it, it still has a place. And, you know, the one way to counteract that is to be upfront about who you are. And mm -hmm. if you got skeletons and you've screwed up in the past, who hasn't, how do about, you, I'm sorry. And do you think we have, when I say lower our standards, I'm kind of a fan of lowering our standards. I think that we probably used to run people who either were so perfect that you don't even relate to them, like they haven't lived a real life, or they were just hiding their sins better than the rest of us. Um, so have we? are we no longer looking for the George Washingtons of the world? Yeah, we're not. No, I don't think we are looking for the George we're Washingtons. We're more realistic. And, and part of that is, as all of history has unfolded, the foibles and sins of George Washington also became more clear. I mean, you know, who amongst us, you know, without sin, let him cast the first stone. I think we all, we all know we have our foibles, but uh, no, I, but I, I don't like that. The opposite of that's happened is we're just so cynical. It just says everybody's a corrupt money grubbing in it for the wrong reason. And, you know, I, it might sound Pollyannish, and I, I think Kurt would agree with me on this. It, I'll just say in Jeff City, yeah, there are some like that, but the vast majority, I, I would say you could not say that about them. I'd say they're there for the right reasons. They work hard. They make a lot of personal sacrifices. They are not becoming enriched personally um, to do this work. Yeah, I've said things like that on and off the air, and it's clearly an emotional uh, 
exaggeration, hyperbolic thing to say. Oh, every single one of them, or you know, throw all the bums out, you know, kind of stuff. But uh, so is there anything locally, three or four minutes left here, anything locally candidates that you are especially excited about? Uh, uh, the new session, the, uh, this is the time we're going to get this done or that done. So the we're in the middle of the session right now. And fortunately, both the city where I'm from and the state, um, it's unique for the five, six years I've been involved because budgets are plentiful and it's easier to govern when there's a lot of money. And hopefully we're spending it properly. So, you know, we're going to go into this veto session, which will be the September 13th. And I don't know that there's going to be much to veto. So um, local candidates that I'm excited about, I'm going to say, I think on the Democratic side, it's it's going to be a very competitive race for governor. I mean, coming up and on the Democratic side, which is a long, long shot. I, Kurt, you know, obviously I'm saying it's a long shot. But Crystal Quaid, who is a dynamic young woman from Springfield, um, she's been the minority floor leader in the House for what will be eight years, highly qualified. It's just a candidate you need to at least, if you've never heard her name, she's from mm-hmm. Springfield, at least look her up. I think you'll be blown away by her background, what she's accomplished and uh, so I'm all in on Crystal Quaid. I think it's a good candidate for us to run. Okay. One minute left. It's all yours. Uh, St. Charles County, we've got a very competitive state Senate race. So it's going to be interesting to see that dynamic for the for the August election as to, to who goes on to Jeff Sadie to represent us in, in St. Charles County. So that's probably, as far as local guys in our area, the, the, the one race I'm the most interested to see who the voters select in August. Okay. Very good. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Great as always. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yes. 438 DGS, so a little behind the scenes, just so you're not too impressed with this. Uh, about this time of show, when I'm running uh, out of ideas, I say to the guys, like, hey, you guys got anything? And a couple segments ago, we did this weird little thing about a pickle <laughs> conspiracy, and pickles aren't pickles, and it's the Illuminati. And uh, Wheeler goes, I got pickle stuff, and then Rach goes, I got pickle stuff, too. So <laughs> take it away. <laughs> You want to well, go first? Well, you go first, Wheels, <laughs> because yours is a follow-up. To I the did my own conspiracy. research. I did my own research. As I we went, all should. I went into our kitchen and mm-hmm. I saw there was a jar of pickles on the counter. Like this was meant to be. On I think the this counter? is a mess. It was on the counter. It was Kroger brand, and it did not say pickles on the label. So we don't know if those are pickles or not. Was, honestly, was Wiggins' fist in the jar? <laughs> 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 Winnie the Pooh. And the honey. Uh, so I did my own research and I found that. Uh, and then I also looked this up. This is actually, there's a, a News Nation story on this. Okay. Dated today. Updated today. So it's got all of this stuff that you were so talking we about. So them, basically. So yeah, yeah. And it's got, so they got the whole like, you know, pickles don't exist thing on TikTok <laughs> and all of that. Um, and then they asked the big pickle companies, they asked Big Pickle uh, mm-hmm. what they thought. And they were like, yeah, uh, we don't do that because you could see that there's pickles in the jar. So that's what you said. The, <laughs> that's a bad reason. That's a bad reason. That's like saying, like, we don't put the name McDonald's on the sign because you can see that it's McDonald's. That doesn't make any sense. I'm just saying that's what they said. And uh, apparently uh, there's some definition in the uh, we go. In the uh, USDA mm-hmm. where there's like, it's got to have an, a certain amount of acid to be considered pickled, and some of them aren't there as acidic. There you go. So That's what pickles. it is. They're not pickles. Well, no, they are because it, all it is, it, all pickling is a process. 
Yeah, but you oh, can't call him Pickles. Oh, now he knows all about the pickling process. I'm just saying, <laughs> that's what it says in the story. Mr. Pickle here. That it's a process, <laughs> not necessarily a thing. So there are many ways you could pickle a cucumber, but that's what a pickle is. It's a pickled cucumber. So if you look on the label and it's got cucumbers in it, then it's what you're expecting. But I don't want to punch him because I think he'll beat me up. But that <laughs> oh, made let's me try wanna, it. That, that made me want to punch yeah, him. Yeah, I'll give you a freebie. A pickle is a pickled cucumber, Dave. Yeah, uh, the process of pickling is called pickling, but a pickle is still it still remains a pickle, right? Like if you pickle a beet, you're not like, here, look at my pickle. I didn't think yeah, it could get dumber, point, but it did. Don't say it that no, way. That's an excellent point. There's no other way to say it. <laughs> don't. Just don't say that sentence. <laughs> And then I have pickle drama of my own. <laughs> Since we're on the Starting well. <laughs> so a couple oh, of years no. ago, Sue Thomas was so nice. A couple of years nice. ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> was like fully five years ago. Jeez. <laughs> Sue Thomas sent me these sour pickles from Adelia in New York. She used, what's it called, Andrew? It's called like gold. Brooklyn something I thought was the deli. No, there's some service where you can ship uh, all over the country, like specialized food. And she used this to send me these special sour pickles from a deli in Brooklyn, like Andrew said. And they were so delicious. I had never had them before. They came in this plastic container container with, I'm forgetting how to talk. I'm so excited. With these big cloves <laughs> well, you only of garlic. Have eight seconds left in the segment, so you better move it <laughs> oh, along. Well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I tried to replicate the pickles at home, and they're terrible, and I don't want to eat them. By making pickles? No, I ordered some off of Amazon, oh. and they're trash. Oh. You, you ordered the, the fake ones? Yeah, they're not good. Mm, anyway, segment's this. over. <laughs> there you go. You solved, we've solved there. the pickle drama. This, this segment's never going to be over. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many people are going to go home tonight and talk to their wives? You're like, just look at it. Does it say pickles? And be like, no, because you can see that they're pickles. Yes, they don't like, exist. You fell for it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. 
Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.